Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about feeling stuck. It's a universal feeling. In fact, I don't know if I know anyone who hasn't felt stuck at one point in their life, myself included. Pretty much everyone has looked around them at one point or another and thought, there are really no great options for me here. And that feeling of not having an out, of not having great options, usually triggers a horrible cyclone of emotion. Maybe panic or overwhelming fear or hopelessness depression, irritability. The reactions will be unique to each person, but there usually is some sort of reaction. In Pima Chodron's teachings, and if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know I have mentioned Pima Chodron many times. Pima says that this feeling of not having an out, the feeling of stuckness, and the overwhelming feelings that come up are called Shinpa, S-H-E-N-P-A, Shinpa. And she explains this a lot more in her book, Getting Unstuck, which I highly recommend that everybody read. Because again, I don't know anyone who isn't up against this feeling at one time or another in their lives, usually repeatedly. But in her book, she does a good job of explaining what the word Shinpa means and how it's used to describe the feeling of unease that we encounter in a situation. And this Shinpa is both the urge to escape our situation And all of the things that we do to try to escape the feeling of not being okay. All of it together, that whole process, is what she's referring to when she uses the word Shinpa. She also explains that it isn't your terrible situation that's the problem necessarily. It's the way that you're responding to it. It's the negative habitual habits that we do when we're confronted with this unease. Worry, stress, panic. Maybe we drink or we chain smoke or maybe we start screaming at everybody. The reactions will be different for everyone, but whatever we do, that is part of our Shinpa. And the antidote to this, or the best way to work with Shinpa, is she advises us to develop a tolerance for discomfort, for this unease, so that we can stop ourselves from succumbing to these emotional tornadoes or bad habits. And I have definitely put this advice to good use in my own life and have seen great results. Over the years, my tolerance for discomfort has certainly risen exponentially, and with practice, my ability to remain steady even when things look very shitty has gotten better with time. But it is something that requires continual practice, and the reason why it requires continual practice is because even though I'm not bothered by the same things today that used to bother me in the past, things will still bother me. I am still on a planet with other humans. (laughs) (laughs) and there are problems, and things are going to get to me. That just comes with the human package. But our ability to feel safe and to feel trusting in these difficult moments does grow in direct proportion with our ability to tolerate 
unease. But I guess the important part, the first step in getting a hold of this is understanding that there is no escaping the uneasiness, the discomfort. As long as you have a meat suit, you're going to feel uneasy. I'm sorry to tell you. So I definitely agree with Pema that learning how to identify and work with Shinpa is a crucial life skill. So definitely go read her book if you haven't before. But this is not to say that you can't improve your situation if you're in a difficult situation, especially if what is holding you back is self-limiting beliefs. But more on how to break through self-limiting beliefs and make changes later in the show. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how Pima advises us to work with our Shinpas and how to build up our tolerance for discomfort. Because so often, there's really nothing to do except to work with the negative feelings, with our uneasiness. But how do we work with these feelings? First of all, I found it very helpful to have a certain level of awareness. I can't work with something if I don't even know that it's happening. And you would be surprised how often I don't realize I'm going through it. <laughs> like it doesn't dawn on me right away that I'm really struggling with something, that I'm really stressing about something. So this is definitely where all of my meditation practice has come in. And you can go back and refer to the meditation episode if you need to hear for my thoughts on that. This is also why I journal to help me realize if and when something is bothering me. And this is why I pay attention to the words coming out of my mouth and the visceral reactions that I feel in my body. Because these are all ways for me to notice, hey, something is going on with me, something is wrong. And that stops me just enough so that I can start asking the important questions. What is it? What's wrong? What's happening right now? Let's stop. Let's breathe. Let's figure this out. And then once my awareness has been triggered, my next step, if I'm lucky enough to recognize that my uneasiness has been triggered, because let's be clear, you can practice this for years and still miss the cues until something dramatic has happened, like a dinner plate has been thrown or I've bitten someone's head off or anything that clearly signifies, huh, I just might be losing it right now. <laughs> Maybe I should look into this. But let's say that I have been lucky enough to catch myself. And let's say you're lucky enough that you've caught yourself. And if that's true, good for you. Be super proud of yourself because that's certainly hard work. When the awareness is triggered, the next thing to do is to refrain from indulging in the urge to escape. And what does indulging look like? How you try to escape, your default escape plan, that's going to be unique to everyone. Mine usually looks like an emotional spiral. I'll start telling myself things like, I'm hopeless, this situation is hopeless, I'm never going to get out of this. In fact, I might actually be a steaming pile of hot, smelly trash that just happens to look human-shaped. Or maybe I'll cocoon myself in a blanket burrito and spend hours numbing out on my phone or looking at houses on Zillow that I'll never be able to buy or watching Instagram reels. Or sometimes my panic can even be productive. So, for example, once when my bank balance triggered an emotional spiral, I applied to 16 jobs in a single sitting. <laughs> All of them with my very best resume that I could write and unique cover letters for everyone. And so, whatever your strategy is, it's going to be what you do to make yourself feel less out of control. Pima would tell you to refrain from giving in to this urge to regain control, to escape your restlessness. That in the end, you will be better served, especially in the long run, if you sit with your panic, if you breathe through it, 
if you relax into it, and if you practice this over and over and over again until it no longer consumes you, the difficult emotions no longer overtake you. So still looking at me as an example, as I just mentioned, money can be a big trigger for me. I didn't have a lot of it growing up. My mom was always struggling to hold down a job, and sometimes she would have to do dangerous or heartbreaking things for money. And so I have a real fear about the vulnerability that comes with not having enough money. And it's an ingrained core fear that if I run out of money, something bad is going to happen to me. And that's true for a lot of people in this world. In fact, probably most of the people population-wise, if they don't have enough money, bad things happen. But the reality is, is that it's not really true for me anymore. Even if I had a bank balance of zero, which I don't, I might actually die of shock, <laughs> dry up like a leaf and blow away in the wind if that were to happen. But let's say that I did totally run out of money. Every penny was gone. I still have enough people around me who love me. I have enough connections, a support network that I don't have to risk my life to take care of myself. It would be humiliating to ask for help because I'm such a prideful person, but I'm not going to die. And I'm not going to have to do anything that would hurt me. So mostly what I would be dealing with is my emotions, my fear, the emotional roller coaster of the situation. Because the physical danger isn't really present anymore like it was in the past. And so because I've been following Pima's advice for a long time now, whenever these money fears are triggered in me, I now know to practice relaxing into those strong emotions rather than trying to escape from them. So not doing the Zillow house hunting, not doing the job hunting. I just remind myself that, yes, I have been here before. Yes, I thought I would run out of money in the past, and lo and behold, I did not. The universe seems to have a habit of coming through for me at the last minute every time. So is there really any point in spiraling, in losing my head over this, when it might just come to nothing again, like the last hundred times that I was put in this place? the last 100 times that this fear was triggered in me. So I sit with those difficult feelings, and they can be really powerful if you have a fear that you have brought into your adult life that really at some point was a matter of life or death to you, or there really was the possibility that something bad could happen or something bad did happen. The emotions might be really strong. They might completely overtake your mind and I know people who sometimes they shake when they're triggered or they're crying uncontrollably. So don't underestimate how powerful the emotion might be for you in this moment. But still, when this is happening, I try to breathe. I try to wait it out. I try not to make any sudden or dramatic moves. And I've just done this so often over and over again because let's be clear, it is a recurring trigger for me. And so every time it comes up, I have the opportunity to practice. And because I have practiced it for so long now, the emotions are a lot weaker when it's triggered. I don't feel the same all-consuming fear if I don't like the look of my bank account. <laughs> if I don't like the look of my bank account now, I don't completely fall apart like I did in the past. There were definitely times in the past when triggers would literally shut me down completely because of the panic I was feeling. I would be out of commission, totally in a heap of overwhelm maybe not eating, doing nothing for days. And when I compare that to now, now if a money trigger pops up, I might just have one solid hour of panic. <laughs> but then I'm over it. And I would call that progress. I don't know about you, but I consider that to be great progress. 
because now all I have to do is not do anything reactive or hurtful for an hour. It's a lot easier than trying to control myself for days at a time, controlling my impulses for days at a time. So practice, 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 practice working with these strong emotions so that we can build up tolerance for discomfort. Because like I explained in the Working With Triggers episode, the more comfortable we can get with our difficult emotions, our feelings of helplessness, stuckness, whatever it is, the more space we're going to give ourselves to actually maneuver out of our problem. Because we can't solve our problem when our minds are consumed by emotion like that. So it doesn't help you to be consumed by fear or panic Even if you have no interest (laughs) in building a tolerance for discomfort, we can't deny the benefit of if you did have a higher tolerance for discomfort, you would have a clearer head and you would have a better chance of solving your problem effectively than if you were trying to do it from this place of panic and compulsion. So yes, please work with your Shinpa. Please free yourself from your emotional hooks that bind you. And that doesn't mean you can't also be proactive in your life and make changes that you need to make in order to get yourself into a better situation. As with the money example, I'm working with the trigger. I'm relaxing into the strong emotions. I'm releasing the Shinpa. Also that I'm no longer run around and controlled by these situations. But that doesn't mean I'm not also working on improving my financial health, improving my situation. And so you can do that too. Once you're able to get calm again, ask yourself, what do you need to do to get out of your situation? What do you need to do to make lasting changes? Now, there is a very real possibility that nothing can be done in that particular moment. And if that's the case, utilizing this Shinpa practice, growing your tolerance becomes more and more essential because how else are you going to be happy in an uncomfortable situation. If you're going to be stuck in an uncomfortable situation for the foreseeable future, that high tolerance for discomfort is essential so that you can find some relief and some room to breathe. And then if some changes can be done, do them. Just don't do them from a place of panic. Take small steps with a clear mind. And I do have other suggestions for how to make changes in your life, how to move from one space to another. I'm going to do that in the next episode, so please look forward to it. But certainly the first step, the most important step, is freeing yourself from the control your Shinpa has on you, to getting yourself out of these emotional spirals, these difficult situations where you're rolling in the deep, so to speak, when the emotions are so high, so charged, that you would not be able to make any meaningful progress in your life. So start with the Shinpa, start getting yourself some breathing room, build up your tolerance for unease, and then we can look at making real proactive changes in your life that will stick. Okay, dear human, that is all I have for you today. But before I sign off, I want to remind you that I've opened up the show to questions. So if you have a specific question or situation that you want me to offer my thoughts or experience on, you can email me at the email in the show notes of this episode. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie.
If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.